What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Welcome. Now, um, I just want to start off the podcast with saying I have to breathe. <laughs> you know, last week I seen a lot of comments. Yo, you breathe hard, son. Yo, you breathe hard. I can hear you swallowing. Well, pause. Uh-huh. But yes, I have to breathe. If you don't like the way that I breathe, I don't know what to do. Because what, you want me to hold my breath every time Gia talks? If that happens, I'm going to pass out and die right here. <laughs> but truth be told, in my headphones, I could hear every time that you squat, that you swallow. I mean, people swallow. People, when they talk, they spit a little bit. Sometimes it happens. What? Yeah, it happens to the best of them. You don't spit when you talk sometimes? What are you talking about? You ever, well, I ever spit on you when I, when I was speaking or you talking? You spit on me all the time. All right, then. So you know what I'm <laughs> talking about. When you get excited, about. I take three steps back. Well, you know what I'm talking about then. Right. But I mean, listen, why don't we just go for... A compromise. When you have to swallow, just pull back from the mic a little bit and stop offending our listeners. Nobody wants to hear what's going on in your throat. Okay. You got it. <laughs> no problem. Okay. All right. Let's and, get uh, this show on the road. Now, the reason the podcast is a little late is because we had our kids' birthday party over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a two-year-old and three-year-old that just turned three and four. And um, there was a party at the house. So we set up in the basement and people were in our basement. So we actually had to break down everything, the mic, the laptops, the recording devices, the headphones, everything we had to break down. So, you know, people can enjoy the space, enjoy the house. So we broke all that down and then we had to put it back together. But it took me a lot longer to put it back together. So we a had lot to longer. put it together. We had to test it. We had to make sure there was no humming noise. Make we sure had to, the production quality was good. Correct. So it took us a little time. Sorry, but we will. Ha- we were up. We are up. It's still Podcast Wednesday. That's right. And um, shout out to everybody who uh, made our kids' birthday party amazing. Yes. Thank you, all of you beautiful people. Now, thank you to our guests. Thank mm-hmm. you to our family. Mm-hmm. Thank you to the vendors, the entertainment, all of the crews, the masses of people that worked at that event. Thank you to all of you. Right. Now, the, the, the only bad thing about that event was uh, we talked about it last week. I was stressed out. You know, it's it was a big party. It was a a big expense that could have been ruined because of the rain. And that I was very worried about that because I turned into a weatherman. I knew Doppler. (laughs) I knew uh, radar. I knew seven day forecast, 10 day forecast, five day forecast, the hourly forecast, new precipitation, humidity, percentages, everything. I knew too much about the rain. Like I knew when it was going to rain immediately. And, you know, the it did rain a little bit. Uh, at one time, it was like a, a hurricane coming down. It wasn't no damn hurricane. It was like a hurricane. It wasn't no damn you hurricane. You was inside. Why do you always have to put special sauce on everything? You can't ever just tell the complete unadulterated truth. Everything has to be a vast exaggeration. It rained. It was a bit of a downpour. But let you tell it like a tornado came in from the west. I didn't say tornado. No damn hurricane. I said it was like or tornado. hurricane conditions. Okay. <laughs> No All right. Conditions either. So, um, I mean, but but for the most part, the weather held up, and it, it was just an amazing event. But I, our guests were like, "We will not go." Yeah, Everybody go. stayed. They, they stayed found shelter. The yeah. They went under a tent That's or right. under a table umbrella. Some came in the house. They waited for the ten or fifteen minutes for it to pass, and then we resumed partying. That's right. And you know, the, the party. We, we, I mean, it, it was just dope. The way. You know, you planned it out was amazing. Thank I mean, you. from, you know, the helicopter rides. And when I say helicopter, not a real helicopter. You know, the helicopters that spin around and they go up and down the kids park ride, helicopter ride, the carousel, mm-hmm. uh, the Ferris wheel, 
uh, the uh, it's, uh, it's not called the pirate ship, but it's like a pirate it's ship. It's called the Sky Swing, but as a visual, the most comparable amusement park ride that you can use to help people understand is the pirate ship. It's kind of like the pirate ship, right? And for most of you out there, you probably know exactly what it is because when we were younger, that was the one ride that they always had because it wasn't mechanical. It was, you had to use basically a person to make it go up and down. They crank it. They crank it. They crank it. So, um... It was that was dope, and then we had uh, jumpies, a carousel jumpy, like bouncies, slides, and obstacle courses, obstacle courses, and all types of cool stuff. The entertainment was dope. Mm-hmm. We had a stilt walker, stilt walker a was dope. Face painter, mm-hmm. an airbrush artist, right? We had some clowns. We had balloon artists. We had some balloon sculptures that were up. But what was really adorable for some of the female toddlers was the manicure setup that we had going. That's we had right. like a little mm-hmm. portable spa I need one now. that was by Little Miss Pretty Glam. And these girls came, they set up shop and they were doing carnival manicures Did for the little me? girls. And a lot of them were so happy because you have to think they're two, three, four, five, six years old and it was their very first manicure that they got at the party. So Did she do big kids? So that was very nice. Did she do big kids? Um, I need no, there was done. no big kids. I'm sure that, you know, uh, adult men would have been turned away uh, at the table. I need one now that's why I ask <laughs> but we had um, also a photo booth and we had a concession stand and a reception booth and the reception booth was really cool it just had all types of toys yo-yos hula hoops blow up toys dolls all types of circus themed things that kids once they won at the carnival game that we had set up and there was about six of them they were able to go to the redemption booth and pick prizes that they could shove in their goodie bags. Right. So that was really nice for them. But there was all types of entertainment. And the pool was open. The pool was open. So, yes, the people were in the pool. Yeah, so people, I mean, of course, they couldn't stay in the pool during the rain because, you know, the, the, the chance of electrocution. But as soon as that rain was over, everybody got back in the pool and we had the pool up to like 93. Yeah, the pool was So nice it was like warm. a warm bath almost. And right. the jacuzzi was open. So people were like, the rain isn't going to stop this show. Yeah, it was it was a dope, a dope, dope party. And if you want to see pictures, you can hit up my Instagram or Gia's Instagram to see some some dope pictures at DJ Envy or at Gia underscore Casey. But you know what? I keep getting a lot of feedback what? on the food. Yes, the food was I dope. have to say, the food was really, really incredible. We now, did a we did a barbecue theme. Now what food you talking about? Because we had a lot of food. We had a lot of food, but we hired Barbecue Assassin, whom I'd never used before. It was right. a recommendation from a friend. Mm-hmm. We hired them. Oh my gosh, jerk chicken barbecue chicken, chicken kebabs, beef kebabs, shrimp kebabs. It was awesome. And then we also had macaroni and cheese and baked ziti by Nellie and Kyla's Kitchen. And I want to shout these people out because I like to support small businesses and spread love. When I find a good service, I like to tell people about it because sometimes you go to an event or you see something on social media and it looks amazing and people are raving about it and you're like, well, can you just tell me who it was right? because if I have an event I might want to hire them and also what was amazing was Beat Cakes NY right the cakes were incredible and looked incredible they looked incredible they Mm -hmm. tasted incredible but what made the cakes unique was that 
well, both of our kids had their own cake. So London had one, Jackson had one. So Jackson told me that he wanted a Ferris wheel on the top of his cake. And 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 London said, if you get a Ferris wheel, I want a carousel. So they both had motion cakes. The Ferris wheel and the carousel both lit up and turned. So it was such a beautiful piece of eye candy. Right. For the event. And you know what? I also want to shout out to Dash Events. You can go to her Instagram. Mm-hmm. It it oh my gosh, this girl, her name is Adasha. I told her all of my visions. I told her everything that I wanted. And I told her that that day I'm going to get up and have to get all of the kids ready. Everybody dressed. We're having someone coming to the house to do our hair and everything. I said, I need to be responsible for as little as possible before two o'clock when the event starts. So we went over the site plan where everything needed to go. I said, ultimately, we laid all of the groundwork. I just need someone to go out there and assert it. Right. Make sure that everything is ha- is exactly how it should be. And she went out there and directed everything. And Amazing she also she did, did mm-hmm. the cake table. She did the photo booth. Mm-hmm. She did the candy table. She did the dessert table. And she orchestrated a great portion of it and made my life so easy. So I do want to, I said thank you to her a thousand times, but I'm one of those people that really appreciate a job well done. And I did everything except make out with her. <laughs> I was so happy. So Great. thank no, it you, was, Adasha. It was, it was a wonderful experience. I had, a, I had a dope, dope time. And like I said, I was so glad that that stress was over because like I said, I was tired of looking at that that radar and five-day forecast, 10-day forecast, and trying to predict the weather. We had a wonderful time. So we had a great, great experience. So shout out to everybody that helped. We definitely appreciate it. And also Horizon is where we got the rides from. Shout out to them as well. All right. Now, last week, we left off, and you wanted to go through two emails, but we didn't have enough time. Yes, yes. So we're going to get to those emails. Before I get to these emails, I have to put out our email because I didn't say that at the beginning of the show. Usually I say I appreciate everybody for leaving comments and riding with us and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. I didn't get a chance to do that this time, so I'm going to do it now. Shout to everybody that rides with us. We appreciate it. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Appreciate it so much. And you can always uh, leave us comments, questions, or whatever it may be. And that's thekcrew at gmail.com. T H E E. CaseyCrew at gmail.com. If you have a comment or if you have a question, we'll try to get your comment or question on. All right. So let's let's go to the uh the emails. All right. So let's go to this one. Now I don't know these people's name, baby. Um, it's okay. I'm sure that you can leave the names out. And one of them actually requested, and this is the one time that I actually read the emails before the podcast. Usually, as you guys know, Rashawn chooses them, and I'm surprised by them as we sit here and do this. But these two actually came in my DMs, and I responded to both girls, letting them know that we were going to address it on the podcast. So, shoot. All right. Hi, Gia and Envy. Thank you for this podcast. I listen to everyone on schedule. Um, I guess, okay. And it has really been helping me in my relationship and also with my kids. Logan reminds me so much of my son, but I have a question. Me and my boyfriend are in a long distance relationship. He lives three hours away. I have a good job, graduate degree. My condo and I take care of my kids, 13 and four, with no child support and very little help. And they are in good schools in a good area. 
He has no kids, lives with his family, and has a job working for the fire department. He makes it seem like it's so difficult for him to transfer within that career field. He wants to get married. We are in our 30s. Do I love him? Yes. I feel as though, what if I leave everything, my job, my home, take my kids out of school to move to Jersey and not be able to get a good job or live in a nice area? I'm sacrificing everything. Me and my kids' lives will be impacted. He doesn't get that even if he can't transfer. He still can find a job where I live and I still will have my job and own place until he could find something down here. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, I will let you go first. Okay. Um, Well, I'm not familiar with the fire department or how that works. So I don't know how easy it is for somebody to transfer from one department to another department. Every time I look at the fire department, I think the fire department is kind of like very cliquish. And the reason I say very cliquish is it's a small group of individuals that have to protect a large area. So um, like I know a fireman, uh, a couple of firemen that I get a haircut with you know, at the same barbershop and I speak to them frequently and they work a lot like they work three days off, three days on, three days off, three days on. That's usually their schedule. That's why, you know. It, it is what it is. And most of the time, fire, I, I don't think firemen make that much money. I think a lot of it is volunteer work and they do get a small sum of money. So maybe where he is working, he is getting a, a nice check and he's scared to possibly move and not be able to get into another firehouse. Um, and if that's the case, he might feel like, damn, what am I going to do? Well, that seems like what's, what the what's situation happening. is. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was her, I would not give up my good job. No way in hell. I mean, jobs out there are very difficult to get. People are losing jobs left and right. They are laying people off. If you have a good job with a good crib and, uh, you know, and your kids are are in a a great school. No, you shouldn't leave. He should have to sacrifice a little bit. He doesn't have any kids. So moving should be easy for him. Uh, His job as a fire working at a firehouse is, is a great job. But maybe try some of the firehouses in the area, you know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe go out to the next town, maybe take a 20 minute drive, a 30 minute drive. That's still closer than what he is now. If he's really dedicated and he really wants this, he will make that sacrifice. You know, I would no way in hell I would take my kids out there to school for anybody. And I definitely not, would not give up my job for anybody when I have a great job and I'm supporting the family. And I'm telling you that you can come live here in this house. Yes. And I will support you until you get your shit together. Yes. There is She's no way in hell. She's making it very easy she, for yeah, him. This is a layup. This is a layup. Right now, uh, she's Oprah and you're Stedman. Take that, <laughs> take that layup. You come here and you start looking for a new job. But also, he might not be feeling her the same way that she's feeling him. And the reason I say that is because they want to get married. She said that they want to get married. Do they want to get married or does she want to get married? And this is the reason I say that is because if I'm really feeling you and I'm really into you, like she says they are, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to drop whatever it takes to make it work because that job is light work compared to my future. Right. You know, I can always hopefully get a job doing something if we're going to be a family. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not ready to leave that job and it's not like I got to get rid of my house I'm staying with my family mm-hmm. you know it's not like I got a you know I got a, a condo I got to pay for or I got this crib that I'm no I, I don't have any of that all I have the only reason that he's saying he's there is because of his job and his family okay family can visit mm-hmm. and hopefully I can get a new job so if he's really that into you like he says he is he'll make those sacrifices and he will understand that you have kids and you don't want to displace your kids or displace your job that's I agree opinion. with you 110%. She has achieved things that take 
the better portion of people a very long time to accomplish Mm -hmm. if they ever accomplish them at all. Right. She has a good job, a home, Mm -hmm. children. The children are in good schools and she lives in a nice area. Right. That's five accomplishments. Most people can't say all of those things for themselves. She's put down roots, Mm -hmm. roots that are pretty much set up to grow and blossom into bigger and better things. He has one setback, which is a job. I mean, all you have to do really is put these things on a scale. You put her five things on one side, put his on the other, and... The decision is quite obvious. Even if he has to come to where you live, and if it's impossible for him to become a firefighter where you live, or a town aside, or two towns aside, then maybe he take up another job. Another opportunity, he something fo- else, he, right? Yes, he can follow another opportunity, but there's no reason why you would completely remix everything that you have going on to come to wherever it is that he lives. To me, that's off the table. That's totally off the table. I mean, you shouldn't sacrifice if, like, if this is a relationship we both have to sacrifice, right? And I understand you don't have a job. I understand you might be in a predicament where you work at this firehouse and you like it, but you might be giving up everything. But I'm giving up everything because I'm telling you, come, I'll pay for everything. But here's the I'll thing. Hold you down. Think about this. What? He may be, you know, an alpha male. He might be a man's man. Oh, boy. And doesn't <laughs> like the idea. But now he's an alpha male. He may be. You know he what's may funny? be a man. Before you hold tell on. me what's funny. Oh, okay. He may not want to come to her city and be taken care of by a woman. Let me apologize. That might make you him right now. feel funny. Let me apologize for you right now. You're like, apologizing for me? Yes. He is talking all this alpha male stuff because we've been heavy in dog mode, right? <laughs> we've been heavy in dog mode. Now, I'm going to tell you about the story. Before we before we get up out of here, I'm going to tell you about the story about my dogs that came and, and all Father's this that he ever. Day. And we've been heavy into dogs and alpha male dogs and what this dog does. Uh-huh. I've never heard you use the phrase alpha male. I mean, you learn something new every day, right? But go ahead. Now, you're saying he might be. I'm a, a student of life. Go ahead. <laughs> So now he might be alpha male. Yes, he may be. He sees another male around. He's going to bark. Woof. No, no, no. (laughs) But he may assert himself by way of making money and Mm -hmm. providing, especially if they come to a situation where they're living together. I get it. I think it may be difficult for him and maybe emasculate him being taken care of. And he might be looking forward six months or a year. What if I'm still not able to find an opportunity or a job that satisfies me or continue my work as a fireman? And I'm sitting here being taken care of the woman in my life. He also may be concerned with stressing her by doing that. So maybe he's just trying to sit tight, but him expecting her or wanting her to come his way, to come to his city, in my opinion, that's not even an option. I get it too. And, you know, and, and I didn't look at it from that angle, you know, because you'd be you'd be just fine being a Stedman. No, I wouldn't at first. Yes, you would. No, I wouldn't yes, at first. Oh my, really? Now, now I would. I'm not gonna lie. Now I would because we have a relationship, and you know, for for the longest time, I provided. 
financially. Right. So now if the tables would turn, I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd be like, yeah, go get that money. I'm going to chill on here and watch the dog and take the kids. That's what I would do now. But if we just met and we were dating, right. you know, now it's a different years position. Ago. I didn't think about this because now if it's years ago and we're just dating, I feel like I have to provide for you. So if I feel like I got to give up my job and live with you, it might make me feel less of a provider. Not maybe even less of a man. You know, for some people might think that way, which it doesn't, it shouldn't, but he might be feeling that way. Well, mm-hmm. he has to grow up and understand what's best for, because now he's not just thinking for himself and he's not just thinking for her. It's for their family. Mm-hmm. And if he really wants to be there, he has to think for that family. So what he should do is probably start feel, putting out feelers in her city and the surrounding cities to see if there is a chance, if there is an opportunity there. Or... What she should do if if she really wants it and she really wants this to work and she knows she he might him, be embarrassed, sure. she should but put out feelers for him, you know, and say, hey, babe, this firehouse, I found out that they're hiring. Oh, this firehouse is right here. You know, maybe help him out. Give him that little push. Um, If I were a woman, I wouldn't want to give a man a push to move to my city. Okay. If you want to be with me and you want a marriage, uh-huh. then you're going to do what it takes. Okay. I'm not going to call firehouses and seek out your opportunities because if you're so masculine and that's the reason why you don't want to come to my city and live with me and you know be under my financial wing, then you should be masculine enough to find the opportunity and, and jobs that are potential for yourself. Okay. All right. Well, I mean... I wish him the best and, and I and I do hope that he smartens up, straightens up and really, you know, moves and they have a happy family. And if he doesn't, you need to ask yourself how much he wants a future with you. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, let's go to the second email, right? Now, good morning. Well, it's afternoon, but good morning. So I met my husband July 16th, 2016. We were the perfect couple and got engaged and married on January 10th, 2017. So they were married, what, six months? Mm-hmm. Six months. Now that we are married, my husband is cheating on me, has hit me, and stays gone from the house for two to seven days at a time. I know you think I'm completely crazy, but I love him so much and I want my marriage to work. I am 38 years old with no kids. I did talk with a divorce lawyer last week and she told me to file the papers today because of, of everything he's put me through. Now, let me back up. On December 1st, 2016, I had a full hysterectomy and he left me in the hospital for two days without visiting. Then eight days later, I was put back into the hospital for seven additional days and he didn't visit once. I know I need to leave him and I don't depend on him for anything. I have my own money in my own home. I just didn't get married to get divorced and I need to figure out if my marriage is repairable. I do feel he's very selfish. Then she says, I'm so sorry as I cry my heart out. She says, I love that he truly has a heart of gold. He just has the worst temper at times. Mm. He's very handsome and sexy to me. When we first met, it was him courting me being a true gentleman and making me feel like I was the queen of the world. Of course. Now it's like he tells people, women, he's not married and he discredits our relationship. I try to always stay positive and see the good in everyone. His, His mom also plays a big part of our issues. She applauds his ways. It's like no one knows my marriage is a train wreck, train wreck, excuse me. I protect him at all times. Plus, I don't want to feel like I failed at my marriage. I just try to keep myself busy with fitness and gaining weight because I've lost a ton of weight from this total of 18 pounds. I do have my fitness journey on my IG. If you have time to look, thank you for listening again. 
I so admire you and your husband. I pray one day my time will come and I can be happy again. Hmm. So let's start a tally. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that life works this way, but as I read that, I just couldn't help but tally all of the negatives Mm -hmm. and then reflect back to the part where she says that he has a heart of gold. Okay. It doesn't sound like he has a heart of gold. He was amazing in the beginning, apparently. Got her and then started tripping. So she was ill and he didn't come and see her in the hospital for the first two days. Mm -hmm. Then she went back to the hospital and he didn't come and see her for the next seven days. That in and of itself, even as the first mark on the tally board, is something that as a woman, especially going through something so, so serious Uh and so like heart tugging on a woman as a hysterectomy, that would hurt me. Mm -hmm. And I try not to feel that feeling of hurt too often. I I feel as though I almost deflect hurt or, or feeling a way that I'd be able to describe as hurt because I deal with things more with my mind than with my heart most times. Mm -hmm. But that would hurt. That would hurt. You're laying in a hospital Coping with the idea that you just lost all of your female organs Mm -hmm. and then the man in your life. Because a lot of women, from what I understand, when they go through a hysterectomy, it's just, it really tugs on you. It's a very serious loss, especially if you don't have children. But a lot of women look at it as one notch that goes towards their womanhood Mm -hmm. so when you experience that loss some people have a hard time getting their bearings when it comes to their womanhood they have to understand that your female organs are not what makes you a woman in and of itself Mm -hmm. so to experience that loss and be sitting there trying to cope and trying to rationalize and come to terms with what you just experienced by yourself mm-hmm. and that's your husband or I'm not sure if he was her husband at the time or soon to be husband soon to be husband at but the time but whichever way that is that person that's assuming that role in your life and right. he's not there she didn't say that he was out of the state he was out of the country he's in the military he was dealing with another crisis there was no explanation which makes me feel as though he was somewhere BSing right or gave her some kind of lame excuse for me that may have been enough if you can't explain why you are not there for me in such an extreme situation then where are you going to be when 
more devastating things happen. Right. And you know, this like this is a life. I mean, we experience the best of the best as human beings and we experience the worst of the worst. You know, I don't know where her hysterectomy came in, but you know, in life we experience worse things than that. And you're not she's not in a position where she has someone that she can count on that she knows that he's going to be her savior her soft place to land that shoulder to cry on or just someone to be there so that you can look them in the face and know that you're not alone right so even more so than all of those other tally marks that while i read it that that's what hurt me just even listening to it right then He's cheated on her. Mm -hmm. She didn't say anything about him apologizing, feeling remorseful, making amends, or anything like that. So while as a Christian, if she is a Christian, or if she follows some God, yes, forgiveness is a path that she should take, but if she does, it should be for her and not for him. Right? She can forgive and choose not to be with him any longer not only does he cheat but he compiles it by continuing to flirt with other women and then discredit their relationship oh she's just a friend oh that girl over there i don't really know who she is or however he puts it he doesn't take hold of the relationship and present it out there in the world to let other people know that he is taken he's in a relationship he's committed and proud of it you know why because he's not he's laying the groundwork so that he can flirt and cheat some more so that lets you know that he's not on a path of righteousness he is not planning on doing right by you and how far into the relationship are you a year just short of a year it's way too soon. Like right now, you are supposed to be in those blissful months. Mm-hmm. You should be ecstatic. You only, you got married six months after you met him. So the two of you should be bouncing off of the walls with love and right. happiness Absolutely. and good sex and no problems. Like it, you haven't even gotten to that point where things should start to go awry or deteriorate or anything. You're going through the worst of the worst in the first year of your marriage. Right. To say th- that those are telltale signs would be an understatement. Then what's tally number four? He hit her. Mm-hmm. He put his hands on you. But then you manage to say that he has a heart of gold. I don't understand that. Maybe after he does something horrible to you, maybe the way that he gets back in your good graces, maybe he speaks to you nicely, maybe he romances you, wines and dines you, and gets you back into a comfortable space where you see the good in him. Right. But I have a sneaking suspicion that that's not the good in him, that that is an act. That is his way of getting over and still being able to have you there. But in the beginning, you said that Not only when you were in the hospital did he disappear for two and seven days, but that he disappears for days at a time. You're married to somebody and you cannot account for where they are. You don't know where he is. He just up and disappears. And you're supposed to be okay with that. What a lot of women do 
or I should say don't do in relationships is put their foot down and let the person in your life know what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. And when you don't back up what you're not willing to accept with actions and consequences, then that behavior will continue unless a great big brick falls out of the sky onto his head and he sees the light. But more often than not, that does not happen. That does not happen. And all you set yourself up to do is suffer and suffer and suffer some more. Right. So until you put a stop to all of these behaviors, you are going to do nothing but continue to suffer. My honest opinion, and I am an optimist, I try to see the best in people. I try to see the best in situations. But your entire message to me was sad. And after I read it, it depressed me. And you know that I communicated back and forth with you a little bit just to get a little bit of clarification on certain things. Mm -hmm. And I do not see the positive in this. I do not see the heart of gold. I see that it's way too soon to be going through so much. I see it as too many horrible things that you have to correct too early on. I personally, and I don't ever tell people how to live their lives, but I personally do not think that it is worth it. He put his hands on you. I would absolutely try to get that marriage annulled. If you're within the time frame, if you're within the set of circumstances that would allow for that, and I would move on. There are so many other good eggs out there that would be far better than him. You said he's good looking. You said he's attractive. He may damn well be charming. He may be amazing in bed, but Those aren't the things that will sustain a relationship. A good, honest human being that will not betray you, that you can spend your nights with because he's in your bed and watch Netflix and make love to and talk to and lean on when you have problems and celebrate all of your accomplishments. That is the person that you want to be with, not someone that you have to wonder where they are. And then when they come home, they're putting their hands on you. And when you don't know where they are, they're cheating on you. And when you do know where they are, they're discrediting your relationship. It's too much. You're 38 years old. You don't need to be going through this at this stage of your life. Like that BS was for your 20s. Experience all that. Get those experiences under your belt. Know how to deal with them. Know how to throw people away that don't mean you any good. When you get in your 30s, like you want to live. You've learned. You understand. Now you're on the hunt to find somebody that's meaningful in your life that's going to make your life an enjoyable experience. You're not, you shouldn't still be in this correcting and be stage at 38 you're about to be 40 you don't have any children yet like that person is supposed to be your rock that person is supposed to be your person and if he's bsing like that then in my opinion he needs to go yeah i mean i think you said it clearly i I mean i totally absolutely positively agree you know um 
listening to the story, you know, and not, you know, people are not perfect. No relationship is perfect. You know, um, everybody makes mistakes, you know, um, Guy and I have been married over 15 years and, and I still make mistakes. She still makes mistakes. We still make mistakes together. Um, but a couple of things in that, that situation that really bothered me. Okay. One, he said he cheated. And, you know, in, in a lot of relationships and a lot of marriages and a lot of times you hear, you hear that, that people cheat, but it's not necessarily if they, you know, they cheated, that's bad, but it, it's what they do after they cheated. Are they remorseful? Are they sorry that they tried mm-hmm. to make things right? And you didn't say he did. That doesn't mean he didn't try to. But then there's a couple of other things that really bothered me. Uh, one, he put his hands on you, you know, and like he has said, it's, it's fucked up to say and horrible to say, but that happens usually younger, you know, teens, early 20s, you know, not a grown ass man, you know, and, and if you're a grown ass man uh, putting your hand on a woman, I mean, regardless if you're a man putting a hand on a woman, but if you're at that age of 38, that's a, a sure sign of I don't need to be in here. And then which bothered me the most is you're in a hospital, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you might be at your lowest point. That's when your companion your husband, your boo, your bae, your boyfriend, your girlfriend should be there regardless of what's going on. Sleeping you on know? the couch under the window. Unless it's something where they just couldn't be there for whatever reason. And some things are, you know, are excusable. But, you know, if you're there and you haven't heard from him, he hasn't visited you. You don't know where he was. And you're in a hospital where you're fucked up and you have nobody and that is your man and you're about to get married in less than 30 days and he's not at the hospital and only visits you twice and you was there eight days. That's a little strange. Can't that's, contact that's, him. That's a little wrong, you know. Um, I mean, me and Gia has been through hell and back, you know, and we've been in situations where I, I think Gia pretty much damn near, I ain't gonna say hated, but damn near hated me and I was fucked up. But when I went to that hospital, she was right there by my side, you know, That's the type of love that you want to find out there. That's the type of feeling that you want in your life. You know, knowing that, you know, you know, and I tell everybody this every day. Gia is my best friend. And I just don't say that because I'm married to her. Um, Because if if we weren't married, she would still be my best friend. You know, Um, even if I never spoke to her, I would know deep down inside she would be my best friend. And that's because she genuinely cares. She takes what's in her away from the situation, how she feels and really cares about my feelings more than anything in the world. You know, and if you marry somebody, that's the feeling you should have. You shouldn't have to feel, you know, I'm at my lowest. I'm in a hospital. I'm fucked up. I, I, you know, I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to rub my back. I need somebody to hold my hand. And you can't find this individual it ain't worth it. And then he put his hands on you. It ain't worth it. And I'm just saying, it, you know, if I had a daughter and I had to give my daughter advice, what I would say, well, if I said, if I had a daughter, I do have a daughter. I have three actually. <laughs> um, what I would say. And, um, I would just advise you. If you do walk away, I would do it nice and slow. And I would make sure I have some help with me, meaning mm-hmm. I would go to the police station and tell them that you're about to divorce your husband. And he has put his hands on you before. You don't want to file charges, but 
you're a little scared and you want to get out, you know, it's if you don't want to file charges. If you do want to file charges, then file charges. You know, you might not want to. And that's what I would do. I would make sure that I'm protected. You know, I don't know if you have or brothers or fathers or other men in your life that can just basically be your protector, help you move if you have to move or change the locks. If you have to change the locks, it's not going to be easy. Uh, he seems like an individual that's very controlling and very selfish. So he might come back in your life and and, and want to try to do some harm. So you just have to be very careful and protect yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. I just, I think that, babe, the part that bothers me, mm-hmm. and I said it already, but it's still nagging me, like even after hearing you speak, is that, she said that she feels like he has a heart of gold. That means she believe she put that in that message. That means that she believes that, which means to me that she has a low bar set. She has low expectations because if she did not, then I think it would be clear for her to see that Yes, she called him selfish, but but if he had a heart of gold, he wouldn't do all of the things that he did. He wouldn't do a portion of it. He wouldn't do a portion of it. Right. You know, and sometimes like I think that everybody has a nice side, even, you know, the world's worst people. You know, they may have people that they love, that they show a little bit of kindness to or are nice to. Everybody can show you a nice side, but that doesn't mean that that is who you are at your core. I think that what she has to understand and what if she were my friend, what I would try to drill home is Mm -hmm. that she needs to take the totality of his flaws, the totality of the things that he has done to hurt and disappoint her and make her decision from there. Judge him from there. Right. You know, I wouldn't say that she has a low bar set. I, I would say, you know, a lot of a lot of problems and this is going to sound crazy. I know it. Uh, a lot of older women. She's not older. Well, she's 38 years old. She's getting close to 40. She's older than a young spring chicken. She doesn't mm-hmm. want to go out in the clubs and, and find a man. She's at, at the age right now where she wants to settle down. So, of course. So a lot of older women, and I'm going to call her older. She's not older, but in that age range are really looking to settle down. And a lot of women settle. So they're not necessarily looking at the whole pie. They're looking at the happy pie. You well, know, she found somebody that's willing to marry her and, and that's be nice. with her. Right. So I'm going to try to make this work. So she, what she tries to do is she tries to block out and make excuses. the 70% of the bullshit and then says, well, he's nice. He wines and dines me. But she forget about she forgets about the the. What you look at me? I'm stretching and looking like that. You look crazy. I'm right trying now. to stretch my arms and back and everything. You're throwing me off with that position. I'm sorry. Right I'm now. sorry. Go ahead. I'll give you this position later. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I feel like she's settling because, you know, and I, and I have a couple of friends like this. They're settling because they just want to be in that place. They, they want to be happy, in a relationship. married. And, you know, they want to go home for Christmas and say, mom, this is my boo or, my, you know. They want to they want to feel accepted and a family. But sometimes it's not the right situation and it can do nothing but stress you out and make things worse. So if you're hurt more than you're happy, it's not worth it. There you go. That's the perfect way to close that. That's the perfect way. That, that's going to be the name of this podcast. What did you say that again? So I can write it down. If you're hurt more than you're happy, 
then it's not worth it. Okay, that's going to be the name of this podcast. Good job, baby. I like that. <laughs> no outlandish title. No, nah, I might put, I might put, I might put that <laughs> on Instagram. Concocted by you. I might put that on Instagram later. Say that again so I can write it down. If, if you're, you're hurt, hurt more than you're happy, then it's not worth it. Okay. I can't, you know, I can't put that because if I put that without putting the podcast, they're going to think me and you was arguing and I'm trying to get out. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. And, and, and let me just put a little addendum to that. And that's not to say that problems cannot be fixed. Like you alluded to earlier, God knows we have fixed our share of problems. Absolutely. So clearly there are things that can be fixed and you can come back from some of the worst of them. But what you seem to be experiencing just to me in layman's terms just seems like too damn much. Okay. All right. And this week's episode of the Casey Crew is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron makes incredible home cooking easy and accessible by delivering seasonal recipes with step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients right to your door for all less than $10 per meal. Now check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Crew. You love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. So what are you waiting for? Go to blueapron.com slash Crew today. Blue Apron, it's a better way to cook. So definitely check out Blue Apron. We get it every week and I love it. This week, I'm going to think I'm going to mess with that uh, honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet potatoes, collard greens. Woo! I'm going to be cooking it up and chefing it up. You're not, you're not excited? No? What about if I take the mashed potatoes and put it all over your body? That little... would be pretty nasty. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mashed potatoes is not a substitute for whipped cream, but I'll let you live. Go ahead. All right. Well, shout out to Blue Apron. All right. Now, let's get to the argument of the week. I haven't heard this one. Okay. This is kind of funny. Hit me with it. I'm made of honor, but I don't support the marriage. What do I do? Uh, Here's the question. What do I do? I'm made of honor for a marriage I'm not for. I'm not happy nor impressed with my best friend's fiance. So that means she said yes. And now she told me I'm made of honor and I do not support this union. I think she can do way better. I think she's settling for the sake of getting married. She always calls Mm -hmm. me to complain about him any chance she gets. Now I have to make a speech at their wedding and I have nothing (laughs) nice to say about them or him. Uh Any suggestions how to support her, but not them at a wedding? Oh my gosh. Her name is Noelle. Hey, Noelle. Well, I think that if you are her best friend, then it is your job to accept him. Why? Because. Because if she might see something that she doesn't and she's really just trying to put her friend on and she Mm -hmm. doesn't want her to go down that line. It's not like they're just dating. They're getting married. Mm -hmm. But there is such a thing as mind your business. True. Now, friendship can be a little sketchy Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know there's the black there's the white there's the gray area right and she really has to feel those things out because when you have a friend and they're in a relationship of course if that's your bestie She's going to call you and she's going to tell you when she's happy. She's going to tell you when she's pissed off. She's going to tell you when he spoke to her and it was in the wrong tone or he cursed her out. Anything that he does, she's going to call her best friend Mm -hmm. and tell her. As a friend, 
you have to be there to listen and to always offer constructive criticism. Right. As a friend to my friends, I'm not the, yeah, girl, you need to leave him because blah, blah, blah. I'm not that kind of friend. Mm -hmm. I really try to sit back and listen and I try to take into consideration the guy's point of view. Right. I try to take into consideration the personality mm-hmm. of my friend. I try to imagine how things may have unraveled and wound up on the table the way that it is. And then I try to give positive reinforcement and positive advice. Right. With her, she detests this man and she's not supportive. And that is her flaw as a friend, you have to let your friend do what your friend is going to do. I'm assuming that you've told her not once, not twice, but many times that you're not a fan. Believe me, your friend gets it. But she's about to walk down that aisle. And when it comes to the chopping block, what is she going to choose? You or her husband? You're going to hit the dust. Right. That's the way that it works. She has chosen him. She is going to get married. These are things that are out of your control. So you have no choice but to support them. When she's upset, when she does something, when he does something that she's not happy about and she comes to you to confide in you, then you give her constructive advice, advice that is going to help her. If you give her advice from the perspective of disliking him or wanting to tear him down, which in essence tears them down, you know what's going to happen. It's going to ruin your relationship with your best friend. She's going to stop coming to you and start going to someone else or she's going to deal with it herself and possibly make bad decisions that you were in a place that you could have distracted her or prevented her from making. So do your part as a best friend and be helpful. When it comes time to write that speech, be honest and write a speech. It doesn't mean you have to lie. It doesn't mean that you have to say that you adore him, but find all of the positive things that you can say about them as a unit. Talk about your wishes for them. If you're a Christian or if you believe in God, talk about what you want God to bless them with. Come up with all types of positive, wonderful, beautiful things that you can say that are true to your heart, that are actually true to your heart, and say those things. Don't lie and say he's amazing and I knew it was gonna work the first time that I met him and he has all of these wonderful characteristics. Don't lie, be true to yourself, but be a good friend or else you're going to lose a friend. All right, now this is where Gee and I will disagree. So this is this is why I say this. You disagree with me. Um, I mean, there's two ways you can look at this, right? I say, if you know something, say something, and I'm gonna tell you why. Obviously, you don't like him for a particular reason, all right? Now, if you don't want to look fake and you don't want to read no damn speech, I wouldn't read the speech. That's crazy that you, you just why. said that. Let me tell you why. She's a maid of honor. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me You're gonna tell me why? But she cannot not. Read a speech that comes with the territory of being maid of honor and best man. See, this is this is what I would you do. You can't be the dad and not dance with your daughter. Like there are just certain things that come with the territory when it comes to a wedding. All right, now let me let me explain. All right. Now, what I would say to do is I wouldn't read the speech, nor would I write the speech, and I would tell her that. 
And I would tell her exactly that because maybe she would look into some of the things that you're saying. You could just be a jealous you're little crazy. You could be a jealous little friend and maybe you're not seeing the right things. And you don't want your friend you're to crazy. be married or you can be honest and you might be right. So what I would do is I would walk up to her. Well, let's say her name, whatever her name is. Let's call her Nancy. I would say, hey, Nancy, you know, I really don't think this is the perfect guy for you. You know, I really think you're making a big mistake. I love you wholeheartedly and I'm not going to bring it up again. I'm going to support you. I won't show him any shade. I won't show him any problem. But me, Noel, as the real bitch that I am, (laughs) I can't write this speech for you Uh, Uh, because I can't lie because I'm a real bitch. So... (laughs) I can't write the speech, so you have to get one of those the other girls to write the speech because I can't sit up there and just lie and say, oh, I hope you guys make it in this, that, and the other because I really, like I said, this is the last time we're going to have this conversation. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to be here in my my, my dress, and I'm going to support you, and we're going to dance, and we're going to boogie, but I can't lie because I'm a real bitch. She doesn't have to lie. So... I mean, I, you know, I can't even say, oh, I want to see you guys together because I, I really don't like them. She doesn't have to say that. So this is this is this is my opinion. OK, over there. you gave your opinion. Yeah, I'm not I get it. I'm, not I'm just saying. It. So, you know, I'm never going to bring this back up to you again. So I love you. I hope things work out. I'm going to be there for you. Say but that. I just can't give this speech. OK, so you mean to tell me. That you don't think that Nancy has enough to worry about leading up to her wedding? It is extraordinarily stressful planning a wedding. Do you think that Nancy is going to appreciate a Noel that tells her that she cannot write nor read this speech at her wedding? I mean, all right, let me ask you a question. This is about their friendship. Noel is... Hold on. No, you hold on. (laughs) Noel is getting married Anyway, so as a best friend, she needs to do her part and actually wish them the best, whether she approves or disapproves. It's kind of like the mother that hates your boyfriend or hates your girlfriend. What winds up happening? The guy or the girl gets married and then the mother-in-law gets pushed right out of the equation. And then what happens? Hold on, because then let's say it's the mother-in-law, it's the father's mother. She gets pushed right out of the equation. And then the daughter-in-law, the wife, has the power. She has the husband, which is the son. Mm -hmm. She has the children. Oh, really? You don't like me? Then you don't get to see the kids. Or when you do come to the house to see the kids, I'm going to make it really tense and awkward for you. And then you know what? I'm going to try to turn your son against you. It's a recipe for disaster. Everybody knows that mother-in-law issues are a bitch. And it's because if you have a mother-in-law that doesn't support you and your marriage to their son, then it doesn't work out because you have the ring, you have her son, and ultimately you hold the power. So what most mother-in-laws should do is kind of fall back and try to be constructive. Unless your daughter-in-law is the world's worst and your son is missing something. But you can only say that, but so much because people do what they want to do until they realize for themselves. As a responsible friend, yes, you tell them. You try to make them aware, but you can only do that but for so long until they start to resent you and just don't want to deal with you That's anymore. I said, tell them one more time. Tell, okay, 
listen. You tell him you're not she, doing that speech. She can tell him sure. one more time, and then. If the friend says, well, I'm walking down the aisle anyway, which she's going to do. So it's kind of moot, right? It's pointless. She should just go ahead and write the speech see, I wouldn't, and read it. No, so just like right, let's say I have a friend and my, let's say my friend is marrying a slut, right? I know she's a slut. Everybody knows she's a slut. She's a whore. And I don't want him to marry her because maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he's paid and maybe it just feels like she's out for his money and he just can't see it because he's blind. Mm-hmm. I understand. Right. That. It's not I, lost on me. I can't sit there and be like, hey, you know, this is my brother, and I hope that she becomes in my family and becomes my sister. And loses her horrily ways. I can't do that. That's <laughs> okay. that's not what I can do. You know, I I can't do that. So I, I, I would do the same thing. Yo, my, my dude, like, I love you to death. I can't read that speech, So bro. you're just here to complicate my life more. Uh, yeah. So I already have a problem with this person that you disapprove of so much. And yet you're going to come in and make my life even more difficult. Yeah. So now it isn't only going to be awkward for me. It's going to be awkward for all of my guests who are going to be sitting there in their tables, in their dresses and their bow ties, wondering why my maid of honor isn't reading the speech. And I'll be the best man. But I just wouldn't read the, if it was me, I just wouldn't read the speech and I'd tell him. And if he didn't want me at his So that's wedding, what you're going to do as my best friend, yes. as the person that I choose yes, as I my love maid you that of much. honor. I don't want you to marry her. Yes. Okay, so because of you and your opinion, I'm going to cancel my whole wedding and not walk down the aisle with the love of my life. I hope you do. She's not the love of your life. You she know what? You're your just money. not my friend. Then clearly you're just your not friend. my friend. I if you were friend. my friend, That's you would realize you. that it's not about you and your opinion. You'd realize that it's about me and my day. And even if it pained mm-hmm. you to read that, you wouldn't be asserting yourself in this way and giving me your best friend an ultimatum. I'm, I'm not best. trying to marry you. You're not in that position in my life. You are my friend. You should support me. No. And if I ask you to read this for me and write something beautiful and get up, even if you have to be fake, no. don't don't lie, but force a smile because nope. that is the part that you're supposed to be playing in my wedding. No, I am your friend. And because I am your friend, I don't want you to come to me three years later crying saying, you were right. She did just want my money. No, I don't want that. I want to try to protect you. And if this if, if you see that I'm not reading your speech at this wedding. And you're like, damn, that's my brother and he won't read the speech. Maybe let me take a step back. And maybe that one step back might open your mind up and be like, no, what? I'm not going to do this. Maybe it won't. But hopefully you will see the light. And that's what it is. Well, let me ask you a question. Yes. So you're making this decision based on things that I've told you, correct? Or things that I've seen or things that I know. So all the things that I've told you or that you've seen or known that you've communicated back to me, clearly I'm abreast of all that information, correct? Yes. Okay, and I'm still making this decision. That is going to be my husband. But you could be blinded by it. You know, some people, you tell them what it is and you'd be like, oh, whatever, I love her because they don't see past the ass and titties. But what you have to realize is that you're not making a difference. You're not giving me an ultimatum. Maybe not. You're not. Your will isn't going to be forced upon me. I am going to get married. So you're doing nothing but agitating me, stressing me out and proving to me that your will is a lot more important than my happiness. And if that's the case, then I can't consider you a friend anymore. Well, then we're not friends anymore because I try to do what's best for you. Because in three years, you're going to be coming to crying to me broke, saying that she took half your money, half your fortune. And now you're crying and you want to sleep on my couch. 
Well, I tried to warn you numerous times, but you're still my bro and you can sleep on my couch because I still love you. You'll be back. Well, if that's the case, then friendship ends here. Okay. And that's the reason why she should just go ahead and read the speech because her friend is going to get married. Her words are going to be lost on her. Her concerns are going to be lost on her. And the only thing that will suffer in this entire scenario will be her relationship. It's not as though she didn't tell her. She told her the bride to be has all of the information and she's making her decision anyway. She should read the speech. And then if she's absolutely positively right, she just needs to be that shoulder to cry on if it ever gets to that point done well this is the last thing i'm gonna say okay so the girl's name is noel so i'm gonna read the speech okay nancy (laughs) i just want to tell you that i love you and it was so great and so wonderful being in this uh wedding you know you look beautiful i've known you so long you are my best friend and you know girl i will do anything for you now you know i am so grateful that we are here all today as family and friends but, you know, there's some things I just I just want to get off my chest because this is the last time I'm going to say it. Don't do it. Your, Noel, don't do your it. Your man, your Noel. husband, Marcus. Shh. I don't think Shh. he. Somebody get her. <laughs> Somebody get her. I don't Pull think the stage. you should Somebody go be married her. to him. He is a cheater. He is a hitter. He's violent. He has no job. Strike up the man. he's just out for your money. Turn it you up. Know, I really don't love him. If y'all don't like me, if y'all don't invite me to your house ever, you know what? I understand, but I just wanted to get that off my chest because I love you so much. I love you like a sister and I will fight a bitch and cut a bitch for you at any time, even if it's Marcus. All right, Marcus, you have a problem with this? I will fight you and your mama. Don't y'all see your mama looking at me? I'll fight her. I'll fight that bitch too. She's just an old bitch. All right, well, all right, well, that's it. I don't know. Hopefully, it doesn't go that way. Well, good luck, Noel. Good luck. And if you use my speech, you gotta uh, pay me. Okay, so typically we would end right about here, but you have to tell everyone about Enza. Right, so I I got a dog for Father's Day. I'm so happy and so grateful and so thankful. Um, that was one of the best Father's Day gifts ever. I mean, you have been smiling since Sunday, right? You know, Gia surprised me with this dog. You know, we talked about getting a dog. I didn't know they were going to surprise me on Father's Day. The dogs came on Father's Day, and I was so happy. Now we knew we were getting a dog. They said that they pushed the date back. They couldn't bring it on Father's Day because of the weather and because of the carnival. So I thought I was getting it one day this week, but Gia spoke to them and they delivered the dog on Sunday. Yes. And I was so grateful and and so thankful. Uh the dog's name is Enza. She's amazing. We she, didn't name her. She no. she was already named. So yeah, we're trying named. to consider whether we're going to keep the name or change the name. I mean, and she's such a, a precious dog. So nice, so beautiful. She's uh very calm. She's great with the kids. Um she she comes with me everywhere. I mean, she's been to work with me. She's been to Target, Home Depot, Lowe's, you name it. She's been there with me. And she's been such a great she dog. She's such a sweet dog. But, you know, if you mess with her... Or I'm gonna say, I'm More gonna importantly, say, if you mess with us... I was going to say mess with her daddy. But if you mess with her, uh, her family... <laughs> Wait, what's that called? You mess with her daddy. Um, what? What's it called? Bestiality? Oh, <laughs> is that what no, you not mean? Bestiality. I mean, she, I'm her daddy. You know, that's my little Don't girl. Don't say that. That all sounds right. crazy. All right, all right. Well, if you mess, you with, sound like if you mess with the family, bestiality. she turns on. And when I say she turns on, she goes turns hard. On. Like, she gets busy. She will. She doesn't play that. She protects us well. I mean, we um set up a scenario the other day. This I, was crazy. Hold I didn't, on, hold on, hold on. People. What? 
listen to this. I, are you about to tell him about Target? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I had. The, oh my god. I had the dog in There's Target. Something seriously wrong with you. And uh, shout to the trainers. Both trainers when when they delivered the dog. Both trainers came and delivered the dog, and they stayed with us a couple of days to make sure the dog was acclimated and everything was good. The trainer's name one is Courtney, one is Ben. And I believe global it's canine protection, global just in case canine you're interested in protection. getting a similar type of dog. Right. So um, we walked out of Target with the dog and the dog. And when I say is the nicest dog, kids could touch it, pet it, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked out and they simulated uh, carjacking. Right. They didn't tell me. So, you know, I'm, at, I'm downstairs in Target and I'm now, w- walking you, out to the parking lot. Sean has learned and been trained with all of his commands and everything. So he knows at this point, because he's worked with the dog, how to handle a situation like that. So somebody came up behind me and basically tried to rob me. Well, a simulation. A simulation of, right. of a robbery. And the dog turned. And when the guy got too close, the dog starts to turn on turns on so it's being aggressive but not jumping not attacking just barking trying to scare the guy away trying to deter trying Mm -hmm. to deter the guy then the guy continued to come i gave the command and that dog went in on him so crazy yep it got but you know the best thing about the dog is once i say the other command the dog lets go comes right back sits right at my side right but all of this was taking place in a target parking lot yeah so it scared a lot of people pedestrians that had no idea yeah what was going on families were running and everything (laughs) it's a little crazy i got kicked out of target because of that but definitely got kicked out of target she definitely did her job and she's an amazing amazing dog uh you know for the first 30 days they say that the dog should stay you know in its own crate, in in a kind of a position while she just gets to know the house. And last night she slept by the side of the bed and she was just supposed to stay there for a little bit. And I was supposed to put her in the crate before I went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I um fell asleep. I fell asleep. So when I woke up like six hours later, I got scared. I was like, oh, my gosh, this dog probably tore up the house. I hope she's not downstairs and getting a shoe closet. <laughs> I was like, please. And I looked down and she was just right there waiting for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, but one of the commands is called place and she has a designated bed that when she's told place, she goes to her bed and she stays there and under no circumstances is she supposed to move until she's given the command to. And she did exactly what she was supposed to absolutely. do. But with these dogs, they're used to their trainers mm-hmm. obeying and being loyal to their trainers. So we have to go through a 30 day acclimation period so that she understands that now we're her owners, we're her family, and she has to behave and listen to us. Absolutely. And I'm 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 so excited, you know, and mm-hmm. you've been smiling. You came home the other day and went for Enza before you even went for Brookie. Yeah, that's and crazy. I was I was completely shocked. I said, "Wow!" He went straight upstairs to find the dog before he even looked for his own baby that has his blood and DNA running through her veins. She be I, right. <laughs> she be right. you know, And one of the, the best things about it is with her uh, today. I was playing with Brookie and. Enza and we were all playing on the floor rolling with each other mm-hmm. and Brooklyn who was what 11 months uh, uh yes 11 months grabbed Enza's whiskers yes uh-huh. I said oh boy and you know what Enza did licked it right on the face uh-huh. <laughs> I said oh this is great this is great yes so. well this dog she won't harm anyone without the command so kids can pull on her tail pull her whiskers you know smack her nose and do any of the other rambunctious things that you know a toddler may do right. and the dog will never respond 
Absolutely. So, but thank you, baby, for making that happen. You're welcome. Well, uh, you were looking forward to her I coming was. on Father's Day. I just didn't want to disappoint you. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I love you. All right. I love you too. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time to get up out of here. Yes. And thank you, everybody, for riding with us. You can always email us, thecaseycrew at gmail.com, T H E E, caseycrew at gmail.com. All right, baby. You know what it's time to do, right? <laughs> I can only imagine what's about to come come out of your mouth. What? What, what do you mean? I don't know. I bought an ovulation kit. <laughs> you sure did. This boy came home with an ovulation kit today. Yeah. And so now it's time to test it out and see what we got to do. I've been holding my sperm up here because I got we need a big shot. So uh-huh. we'll see. We'll see. I'll go and um, I'll go take it and see if I'm ovulating and I'll let you know. All right. Well, but if I'm not like no funny business tonight, because if I'm ovulating tomorrow, well, I could we got funny business. I just can't bust off. What's the point of funny business if you can't do that? You're right. Who wants that? Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> Who wants that? No, no, no. Yeah, you right. have to save it and preserve it so that... You have to save it and then preserve it. <laughs> so that when we use it, we have the best shot. But I'm bumped. Get I it, didn't mean shot. that. Yeah, I but gotcha. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And we are the Casey Crew. Toodles. Toodles.